This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Good morning, everyone. Praise God. I want to welcome all of you to the fellowship today. Praise God, as we always say, so it is true. This is the day that the Lord has made. So what are we going to do? We're going to rejoice in what else? Yeah, glory to God. Aren't you glad you have the privilege of being able to do that? You know, not everybody can do that. If you don't know Jesus, you're <laughs> that rejoicing part, well, it's not much of the part of their life. And being glad is, uh, seems like these days, there uh, ain't much of that going on either. But thank God for Jesus. Thank God for his living word. You all ready to receive today? Huh? Did you come with your expectors turned on? You know, that's kind of important. You know, if you don't get much, you know, you don't, or if you don't expect much, you don't get much. And I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I want to get everything I can get. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. You can either stand in the back of the line or you can make your way up front. Huh? You know, if you want to sit back on the, you know, the back pew, and I'm not talking about those of you that are on the back pew. Okay. You can sit back there all you want and just kind of, you know, uh, watch everybody else get blessed. You can say, I'm going to get down there and get in the middle of that. Eh? Huh? Remember the late Lester Summerall, you know, he used to talk about, and if you've never, if you knew, didn't know anything about him, he was he's a pretty gruff old guy, you know, and he's probably, <clears throat> uh, he's probably more bark than bite. But on the other hand, you know, he, he made this statement. He said, you know, if I'm up in the balcony and the blessing of God is down there on that platform and around that altar, I'm coming down. Are you listening to me? You know, sometimes, you know, people, uh, they, they could enjoy a lot more if they just get involved. You know what I mean by that? Hallelujah. Praise God. When my wife and I set out in ministry, I mean... <laughs> We, did, we didn't have a clue what it is that we were getting into, but we said yes. But I just decided, praise God, I should say we decided that we were going to have everything that God had for us and that we were going to pursue his plan and purpose. And whenever we learned the word of God or found or discovered a truth in God's word, we were going to apply it to our lives. We we're going to make it a part of our lives. And I tell you what, not for one moment, for one second, have we ever regretted Choosing to obey God and follow him. Hallelujah. How many of you know it pays to follow God? You know, a lot of folk, they ain't got no God in them. And, they, and a lot of them, they don't, they don't believe in God. And I tell you, they're in a sad shape. They're in a bad way. You know, I used to be that way before I met Jesus. But then when I gave my heart to him, praise God, everything changed. Glory to God. How about you? Did everything change? I know that, you know, praise God, when you gave your heart to him, it didn't maybe turn into a perfect life. But I tell you what, praise God, at least the potential existed for you to be able to enjoy life and life more abundant that Jesus came to give us. Can you say amen? And so it's important for us as believers to stay connected to the local church, to stay connected to what it is that God's doing in the earth, because I'm telling you, he's coming again. And what you don't want to do is you don't want to be out someplace where you don't belong when Jesus shows up. Thanks for your enthusiasm. Amen. You know, we can get all cynical and critical, you know, and be all kind of judgmental about this and that and the other. And, you know, as we grow older in age and years and things, we think we know it all. And the truth of the matter is, is we really don't know anything really as we ought. The Bible says we know in part 
Thank God for the part we do know. Amen? It's like Brother Hagin, he's our spiritual father, my spiritual father anyway, you know. He said, you know, I don't, and, and he's, he'd been in the ministry for 63 years at the time when he made the statement. He says, you know, I really don't, I don't know too much yet. And I'm thinking to myself, if you don't know very much, where does that leave me? He said, but I do and have learned at least to be able to get in out of the rain. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Did you all bring a Bible with you this morning? Let's open our Bibles together today uh, to, uh, uh, let's see, what are we, oh, Ephesians uh, chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4. Before I share uh, my message with you today, I want to I wanna give you a word of exhortation. Would that be all right? See, uh, to admonish someone means to warn them. How many of you know the Bible warns people? You know, I mean, there's instruction in the scriptures that, that warn people about, you know, if you do certain things, this is what the outcome will be and, and so on and so forth. And so, so how many of you know God loves you? I tell you, he so loves you, wants the best for you. But praise God, you got to listen to him when he's talking to you. Amen. So to be admonished means to be warned. To, to be exhorted means to be, uh, by definition, it means to call near. You know, when, uh, you know, the Bible says, draw nigh unto me and I'll draw nigh unto you. So, so this, when I, when I share this, that I'm going to, this is like the appetizer. We'll get to the entree here in a moment, but this is just, you know, the, the kind of the, the opening part of what it is that I want to share with you. And it has to do with you and your relationship with the word of God, how, how it is that you're relating to God's living word. And, and so as I, I give this to you, I, I trust that you will really uh, give some thought uh, uh, to what it is that I'm saying to you, because what I'm going to tell you is the truth. And Jesus said the truth would make you what? Free. free. How many of you like being free? How many of you like being full of joy? How, how many of you like having peace in your heart? Huh? Sure. Well, you can have it. I mean, I know the world's coming unraveled, or at least it seems that way. But I'm telling you what, praise God, in him, there is no darkness at all. And so thank God you can live in the blessing of God, and he can keep you in the midst of the storm or whatever it is that's going on. I mean, it's so absolutely true with regard to the Father's care. But now it's important about what it is that you're looking at while we're going down this journey, this road of life together. If you have your eyes on the wrong thing, you'll be like Peter and you'll begin to sink. Huh? You know, Peter did walk on the water. You know, a lot of times we want to accentuate the fact that he sunk, but I'm telling you, he walked. Any of you have tried that lately? I can tell you right now, for most part, that don't work out. No, he walked on the water, but when he began to see the winds boisterous and everything that was going on around him, he started to what? Started to sink. And so, of course, because of the mercy of God, everybody say, thank God for his mercy. Yeah, thank God for his mercy. Jesus was there and captured him and, and grabbed a hold of him and said, you know, why did you doubt? Huh? I mean, after all, he did get down out of the boat and walk. Are you listening to me? 
But that's the way it is in the Christian life so often, you know. We'll get a hold of a particular truth in the Word of God, and God will give us revelation about what it is that He's promised. We're excited about it, and we start our journey, and we begin to walk down this road, you know, of, of promise that God has given to us. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> circumstances arise, situations start to change, things don't look like they did when we started out. How many of you know what I'm talking about? But you know, the living Word of God never changes. The promise that God has made to you is ever the same. He'll always fulfill His good Word in your life. It's just so important for us to keep our eyes where they belong. Are you listening to me? And there are all kinds of influences in the world today, lots of them. You know, different things that are going on, and people are saying this and that and the other, and media, you know, trying to drive certain narratives that are nothing but, it's just full of lies. There is no truth in them. Are you listening to me? So I don't even know why we give it the time of day, because it's nothing but a bunch of junk. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. So it's important for us to understand this. Well, anyway, back to my exhortation. You ready for this? Okay. How many of you ever heard this statement, to be forewarned is to be forearmed? How many of you have ever heard that? Okay. How many of you don't, don't want to answer? You know, I'm not kidding you. I'm going to have to get me some defibrillators. And so for anybody that doesn't raise their hand, bam, you know, uh, hit D6, you know, wherever that is, you know, and uh, E47, get them, you know. Wouldn't that be cool? Well, at least we get a rise out of you. Hallelujah. To be forewarned is to be forearmed. There's so much truth in that. And really nothing could be truer uh, with regard to this statement than when it comes to the Word of God. because, Because God's living Word forewarns us, forearms us tells us the truth about life before we get there. Isn't that right? You know, it says to love your neighbor as yourself. That's pretty good advice. But yet a lot of folk, they don't do that. I said they don't do it. They got something else on their mind. They got another direction that they want to go and so on and so forth. And so they have a certain kind of an outcome that maybe isn't exactly what heaven had in mind. And so it's important for us to understand this because... The the word foretells you and I what it is that's going to happen. Not only about, you know, eschatology and the end times and, you know, when is Russia and Turkey and Iran all going to get together and do their deal and, you know, other alliances that are made and we end up in the Ezekiel 38 war. It tells you about all of those things and that's all in there. But it tells you about life. It tells you about how to live. And it never lies. I mean, there is no lying in the Word of God whatsoever, and so how you and I esteem and value it is so important. It's so important. Because again, you know, it tells us what it is that's going to happen when it comes to our lives based upon what we do, how we think, and what we believe. Now, a lot of folk, you know, of course, will say, well, I don't believe that. You know, I mean, you can tell them what the Bible has to say, and they'll say, well, I don't believe that. Well, again, that's their prerogative, but maybe we we need to back up, pause, and think, you know, maybe there is some truth to this. Well, there is absolute truth to the Bible. 
Isn't that true? Huh? The Word of God serves as an invaluable indicator with absolute accuracy and insight as to the outcome of our lives and also the issues of life. Everybody say it together. God's Word is true. I'll give you some examples. For example, the Bible says that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Now, couldn't you agree with me that right now that's exactly what it is that we're seeing? I mean, in bold relief, we're seeing the corruption that are in the hearts of men and women to do and to, to drive certain uh, policies and things of that nature. And the Bible says righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And the reality is, is that sin will destroy you, whether we're talking about an individual or if we're talking about an, uh, an entire nation. That's why Jesus said that you are the salt of the earth, that you are the light of the world, that you are the ones that are preserving this life. For it was, if it weren't for the believer, the child of God, and the devil's trying to do everything he can to exterminate the church, exterminate the believer, exterminate the Christian, exterminate the child of God, and that's why it's all the more important that the child of God stand up in the name of Jesus. Because the word is true. Here's another verse of scripture you're familiar with. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. What that just simply means is, is if you're going to spend your life chasing the dollar, you're going to be a sad mess. But if you're faithful to God and to your household and to your family and doing the things that you need to be doing as a father, as a husband, as a man or woman or a wife and things of that nature, are you listening to me? Come on now. Don't go to sleep on me. Amen. You know... I mean, God's word's true. So we need to discover what it is that we're to be faithful to and make sure that we're doing that because our outcome, everybody say outcome. Yeah, your outcome is going to be exactly what God said it would be if you do what it is that he says. Here's another verse of scripture. Do not fret. <laughs> we can all work on that, can't we? Huh? Do not fret of evil because of evildoers. Uh, how many of you know we got a few of them going on right now? Man, it seems to be like, you know, rats that have just come out. Somebody must have stuck a, a hose down the, the rat hole and they're all coming out. Huh? Are you listening to me? Said, do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass. You say, well, the sooner the better. Well, that's not for us to decide. Are you listening to me? But I can tell you this much about it. You reap what you sow. And it's coming, whether it be good or bad. Are you listening to me? But what the Bible is telling you and I as believers to do is don't fret or have worry and anxiety about all these things that are going on where people's lives are concerned. Because they will be cut down as the grass and wither as a green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. 
In other words, keep doing what you've been told to do. Keep doing what it is that you've learned to do. Because, you know, while all this... See, that's the thing about the devil in his attempt to try to destroy people's lives. He wants you to say, what's the use? Huh? And so what, he, what his attempt is, is to get you into the same mess they're in. But thank God we're bigger than that. I said, we're bigger than that. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So he says, trust in the Lord and do good. Huh? Not evil, but do good. And it goes on then to say, it says, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Now, isn't that interesting? You know, it'd do us all a lot of good if we just take some time and feed on the faithfulness of God. What do you mean feed on the faithfulness of God? I mean, praise God, think about what it is that God's done. Huh? Look at the, his faithfulness throughout the generations and what it is that he's done for others. Thank God he'll do it for you and me. I mean, you know, right now, you guys, we're right in the best place that we could be in for God to show up where his faithfulness is concerned so that you can have an incredible testimony because you stayed in the boat. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? So we need to feed on his faithfulness, so that when the assault of life comes against us, we can say, I know you don't, I ain't, I ain't accepting that, I'm not believing that, and I'm not going for that. I'm going to stay in with God and do what it is that he said to do, and I'm going to come out on top, hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. And then it goes on to say, it says, uh, feed on his faithfulness, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Everybody say it together. The best, the best. Is, yet to come. is yet to come. Woo, glory to God. You ought to get excited. Hallelujah. Turn to your wife or husband or whoever and say, I'm waiting on you. Come on, we need to get excited. The best is yet to come. And then, of course, we know in the scriptures in 2 Timothy 3 and 1, Paul was writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he said, this know also, there's something you need to know also, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Hallelujah. Then he goes on and describes what it is that we're currently seeing. So we're living in it, baby. But here's the good news. God is faithful. Amen. You know, God's word is true. And so my question to you this morning in this exhortation, now this isn't the meal. It's not the Andre. This is just the, you know, the little bit here on the front end. What is it that you're doing with the word? How is it that you esteem it? In other words, you know, what is it that we, we look at? And <clears throat> because what it is that you and I come to know from the word of God positions you. It, it, it puts you in a position how many of you have ever had an opportunity come along and you really like to take advantage of it, but you can't, you can't swing it, you can't do it? Why? Because you're not in a position to do it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Well, the Bible puts you in a position when you're an obedient doer of the Word of God, man, it sets you up, praise God, tees you up, praise God for a win. That's left-handed. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's what God's living Word will do. And, and, and you would think that we would... 
give more attention to it, that we would spend more time with it, that we would really consider, again, God's faithfulness and, and what it is that God wants to do in our lives because it positions you to understand your future, what it is that your outcome will be. It gives you the privilege to choose and decide. Oh, praise God. Blessed are your eyes because they see. Blessed are your ears because you hear. Many prophets and righteous men have desired to see and hear the things that you see and hear and did not see them. I'm telling you, you are of all people most blessed if you're a child of the living God. So don't ever forget it. Don't ever treat it, you know, or take it lightly, but esteem it, regard it, love it, embrace it. And enjoy the blessing of God. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? That's my exhortation for today. Hallelujah. All the scriptures are given by inspiration of God. And they are profitable. Everybody say, yes, they are. They are profitable. What are they profitable for, pastor? Well, get ready. It says they're profitable for doctrine, teaching, reproof, Correction, everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah, and instruction in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God will be thoroughly furnished, well, be perfect or mature, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. I'll tell you what, praise God, the Bible will make a giant killer out of you. Are you listening to me? And giants do show up once in a while in our lives. Tell us we're not going to make it. Tell us we're no good. Tell us we're, we don't qualify, you know, I mean, whatever it is that they say. But just let them bark and just take the word of God and enjoy the blessing of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay. That's all I got to say about that. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful for the privilege we have to gather in the name of Jesus, to lift up your holy name, and to rejoice in your goodness and your mercy toward us. Oh, how blessed we are, Father. And Father, for these few moments that we have to share, I ask you, Father God, to give us utterance. Help us, Father, to speak as you would have us to. And I thank you, Lord God, for the spirit of truth and revelation knowledge in you, Father, to be evident within the hearts and lives of those that have gathered here today. Thank you, Father, for building upon the foundations that have already been established in them. And Lord, may this serve as just another layer, as it were, to build the edifice, Father, that you intended that they have within their lives. And Father, I thank you for your blessing in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Notice with me, if you will, here in Ephesians chapter um, uh, 4 and verse 30. Let's start with verse uh, 31. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us, and has given himself for us, and offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. I want to talk to you a little bit this morning for a few minutes about the importance of walking in love. 
How many of you know, praise God, love is the winner's way? Amen? Amen. It's the winner's way. It's God's way. And thank God it's our way. Amen? How many of you know, I mean, I, I know all of you have experienced it before. When you walk in love, it's always better. Huh? You know, sometimes you have to suffer because of people that are unlovely or things that happen, you know, that, that uh, you know, you didn't... Uh, um, deserve, if that's the right way to put it. But I tell you what, praise God, the love way is the best way. It's God's way, and thank God, it's our way. And so, if you're going to have life and life more abundant, you have to learn. Everybody say learn. Yeah, you got to learn to walk in love. Hallelujah. And and it is a it is it is a learn. There is a learning curve. Some of you, you well, I don't want to say that. <laughs> you got a little work to do. Let's put it that way. Amen. But if you want to win in life, you got to walk in love. And again, that's not always the easiest thing to do. But here, Jesus was, don't you think that Jesus was our greatest example? Huh? The very best of what love is. The Bible says that God is love. And we know that Jesus was the Son of God. But he made this statement. He says, I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Are you with me? So whenever we look at Jesus and whatever it is that we see him doing, that's what it is that you and I uh, are intended to practice. Because again, that's the way that we win. The Bible says, greater love has no man than this, than that he lay down his life for his friends. He went on then to say, Jesus said, you are my friends if you do whatever it is that I've told you. So obeying the word is an expression of love. People say, well, I love God, you know, and say, well, okay, what are you doing with the Bible? Well, not so much. Well, then you really don't love God. You can say you love God, but we're, we don't really love God until we're doing what it is that he told us. Can you say Amen. Now, I'm so glad, praise God, that he is the one who has furnished us with the ability to be obedient doers of the word. Can you say amen? Yeah, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you because he's in you. So you can walk in the love of God just as Jesus walked. He said, again, I've given you an example that you should do as I've done to you. Now, you know, if it weren't possible for us to do that, that would be a miscarriage of justice. I mean, you know, God couldn't expect something from us that we're incapable of doing. But thank God he has furnished us with the ability to do so because the love of God, the Bible says, has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. So when we got born again, his love was placed within us. Are you listening to me? You know, before I was saved, I mean... I, I, you know, there were so many things missing in my life. How many of you can attest to that? I mean to tell you, man, I was a mess, you know, and, you know, hatred, anger, you know, all kinds of just ugly kind of stuff existed within my life. No self-control, none of the things that are outlined within the word of God. But thank God I got saved. Thank God I gave my heart to him. Thank God he changed me from the inside out. And he empowered me to be able to live as he would have me to live. Everybody say, I can do. All things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, a lot of times you'll talk to Christians, you know, and they'll say, well, I just can't forgive them. 
Or, you know, I just can't do this or I just can't do that. Well, that's not true. I said, that's not true. It might be, you know, that <clears throat> they might be struggling with things, but we all do that. But the reality is you can do all things through him who strengthens you if you want to. Are you with me? Now, to be admitted, there are a lot of folk, they want to stay in their mess and their, you know, their messed up junk and have their way. You know, so many Christians, bless their darling hearts, you know, they just got to have it their way. You know, why can't you just this? Why can't you just do this? Why don't, why don't you do that? Well, my, my comment to you is, why don't you put down your rocks? Well, I don't have any rocks. No, I know. But the reality is you do. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Praise God. The other thing was an exhortation. I'm not sure what this is yet. Hallelujah. Maybe this is the correction part. You know, well, anyway. I want you to know that I don't want you to equate walking in love with weakness. Because walking in love is anything but weak. Are you with me? I watched Jesus go to a cross and give his life as a ransom for all of us. And he said, no man takes my life from me. I give it. I laid it. He laid it down so that you and I could be here today and know him. Are you with me? Really, weakness is, or I mean, love is power. It's not weak. But some people do equate loving people with weakness. Well, I wouldn't take that if I were you. I wouldn't let that happen if I were you. I wouldn't this, I wouldn't do that, I wouldn't, you know, all these different kinds of things. And they think it's, it's some kind of a weakness in their character. It's not a weakness, it's a strength. You know, if you got an idiot, you don't want to be in the middle of what the idiot is doing because that, becomes, that causes you to become one. Are you with me? So thank God for eyes to see and ears to hear. Because we're all going to come into situations, you know, in life where the devil tries to entrap us or drag us into a mess. And, you know, God's just saying, hey, listen to what it is that I'm telling you. Take the high road, do what it is I've said, and you'll be blessed. Amen. You know, at, at, the, at the onset of it, it looks like sometimes we're losing. But I tell you what, God's faithful, and he'll make it up to you. Are you listening to me? Amen. You know, some of you here today, you know, you got things going on in your hearts, not out in your lives. People don't see them, but you got junk going on on the inside. You know, you're, you're ticked about this or that or the other, you know, and you're harboring and hanging on to stuff. And I'm telling you what, I mean, today is a day for you to get set free. Thanks for your enthusiasm. I'm telling you that today is the day when you need to put your rocks down and say, I'm done with this. I'm through with all the consternation, all of the, the, the agitation, all of the, you know, getting eaten up from the inside because you got to have it your way or you got to have this or you got to have the other. Huh? Come on. It ain't worth it. That's not good English, but you understood it. It's not worth it. You know, thank God it'd be a whole lot better for us if we just learned to just walk away and let go. Just let it go. Woo! It's tough sometimes. But 
The person who learns to walk in love, they're the strongest people I know. Amen. They are. Because they know how to win. They want to win. And they recognize the difference. You know, I mean, we, you know, people, they have cat fights, and they're fussing over this and that and the other. And um, <clears throat> sometimes, you know, I get into situations. <laughs> I remember one time, I mean, I'm just minding my own business, man. I ain't doing nothing nowhere. I'm not, I don't have my pastor's hat on or nothing. I'm, I'm just cruising, you know, and just having a big time. And I walked into this couple's house, man, and I mean, all hell was breaking loose. I thought, wow, this is quite a deal. Huh? And it had to do with their family, you know, and I don't know, uh, uh, siblings were fussing. Now I know none of you, you know, with siblings, you ever do this, but I'll tell you what, this thing was going on and it was big. And, and, and again, you know, I'm shocked because I walk in the door and I'm not even aware of any of this. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of watching this thing over here and then I'm watching, it's like a soap opera, man. I mean, you, you can't even make this stuff up. Well, sadly, as I'm standing there watching this thing unfold, there were some things that came out of this, this, um, um, gal's mouth. And I mean, I'm talking about Christians. I'm not talking about sinners. You can't, I mean, you know, a sinner's a sinner. I mean, they just do what they do because that's what they are. But I'm talking about believers, people that know better. I'm talking about people that are really are mature. And yet I'm listening to what comes out of their mouth. And I tell you guys, I could not believe the grief, the grievous nature of what it is that I felt within my heart. I can't even describe it. I said, oh, God. Because I knew that the outcome of that kind of thinking and behavior was going to be so very damaging and so very wrong. Are you listening to me? You know, that's why the Bible says that you and I are to let no corrupt communication come out of our mouths. Well, I just couldn't help it or whatever. You know, people, they say all kinds of things. Well, you can. I said, yes, you sure can. Hallelujah. I bet you weren't expecting this this morning. Hallelujah. But it'll do you good. I said, it'll do you good. Joy, it'll do you good. Not that you're guilty. I'm just talking to you. That's all. Yeah. You're going, oh, thank God. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. How many of you want to win? Man, I'm telling you, I want to win. And so I'm going to do what it is that I got to do, you know, in order for that to happen. I mean, I've been putting up with her for 40, almost 45 years. Think about it. You know, my cross that I'm bared. That might be the other way around. More than likely. Are you listening to me? It's important. You know, the thing you got to realize, everyone, is that, that book right there, when I talked to you about exhortation there early on, it's true. And if you don't do what it tells you to do, you're going to have an outcome. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, you can think about all the different reasons why you are entitled to think the way you do, feel the way you do, act the way you do, all of whatever it is that you've got going on on the inside of you. And, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't care. 
Because all of that is nothing but a bunch of excuses for what you got going on. Woo! Keep smiling. Come on. Just trying to speak the truth in love here. Are you with me? Now, I'll say this much about it. They ain't none of us that are perfect. Huh? Have any of you arrived? Just raise your hand. We'll pray for liars later. Huh? No, they ain't none of us that are perfect. But we ought to work at it. I said we ought to work at it. Because if you don't, uh, the outcome will be poor. Years ago, in our church, uh, we had a couple in our church, and um, um, you know, everything looked great on the outside. I mean, you look at them, they had a couple kids, and you know, they come in, they're all dressed real well, and everything had a smile on the face, shakes hands, you know, all that. You know, this, that, and the other. <clears throat> and you wouldn't, you wouldn't think anything otherwise. But you know, you don't, you don't know what's going on in people's households. You don't know what's happening in people's lives when nobody's around about how they talk to each other, how they treat one another, you know, those types of things. Well, sure enough, after 23 years of marriage, something, you know, occurred in the situation, and all of a sudden, uh, the woman said, I'm done. I've seen this before. You know, gals will put up with stuff and put up with stuff and put up with stuff and put up with stuff, and then all of a sudden, something goes click, and when it does, they're done. And, and, and I wish I could say that I was able to recover, you know, situations like that where couples' lives are concerned, different stuff. It don't happen. Now, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just like there's this, this finality, I guess, if you, if you want to call it that. that they, they're just, they're, I got no more, and I am done. And they walk out the door. After 23 years, walked out the door, and the kids followed her, and that was the end of it. Never seen him for, I mean, there was no connection whatsoever. And you know what's funny about that is, is that a lot of times in situations, and I'm, I'm describing this in the case of, you know, the guy, uh, he's clueless. Absolutely clueless. You know, and then all of a sudden there's all this defensive kind of thing that starts going on. And in this situation, there never ever was any admission whatsoever to take responsibility for what happened in that household. So you live in darkness. And life's a mess. But here's the good news. It don't have to be. I said it don't have to be. We can repent we, we first we repent, you know, before God, and then we repent to those that we've sinned against with the things we've said and done. And this particular individual is just as narcissistic as, as, as they come, and I don't even have time to describe what that is, but let's just say it this way. It's all about him. All about him. I mean all about him. It's a deceptive Trap, scheme, wile, whatever you want to call it, of the devil. And it is anything but loving. It's loveless. Are you with me? So we don't want to get into that kind of situation. Can you say amen? amen. I'm talking about what it is that I've seen in the last 40, almost five, four years when it comes to ministry. 
Now, we've had a lot of success stories, and I'm thankful for that. People turned their situations around and, you know, repented and praised God, put the other person first, and a lot of great things happened as a result of that. Notice in our text here in Ephesians 2, it says, it says in verse 2, and walk in love. Walk in love. What does that mean? What does it mean to walk in love? Well, he describes it as Christ has loved us, given himself for us as an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. So love finds its expression in giving. It believes the best in the other person. Now, that's not to say that the other person is perfect. They're not. But it, it, it finds the good in that other person and focuses on that, not the other. Are you listening to me? You remember uh, Gone with the Wind? Remember Scarlet? She was a piece of work. Huh? I mean, it was all about Scarlet. And then there was Melody. Melanie. Melanie never had a cross word. I mean, here's Scarlett chasing her husband. I mean, you know, and you can't tell me that Melanie didn't know it. But she never had a cross word, never had a, a bad word to say about Scarlett. She just, oh, Scarlett, you know, and she just, you know, loved her and loved her and loved her and loved her. I wanted to smack her. You know, the first time I seen that movie, man, I wanted to get, I, I wanted to drag her out of the screen and smack her. Of course, you can't do that. Because that's not love. I'm telling you what, she did really good playing that part. Yeah. How many of you don't even know a thing about what I'm talking about? You never seen Gone with the Wind, Jeff? Well, give yourself, what is it, four hours? It's a long movie. But I tell you what, yeah, well, anyway. <clears throat> How in the world we get off on that? Now, it says that we're to walk in love. Now, when it says walk, of course, it's, it's a figure of speech. It's speaking figuratively. So when it says to walk in love, it's talking about, you know, pursuing a course of action or a way of life. This is how I'm going to live. This is how I'm going to walk, right? Walk in love. In other words, uh, it deals with our conduct, our behavior. It means to be... Uh, or act in association with the characteristics of love. What would love do? You know, we had to ask ourselves that sometimes, you know, when we're in our relationships and different things like that with people, is, is that what would love do? You know, what would, what, what would love, how would love respond to this? Are you with me? And I tell you what, praise God, if we just listen to what it is that, you know, we know to be true, a lot of things could be different and uh, uh, our lives could be blessed. But the fact of the matter is that if you're born again, if you receive Christ, then the capacity to love as Jesus loved is within you. Let's look at John's gospel, chapter 13. Turn there, if, uh, if you will, with me, please. John chapter 13. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Notice what it says here in John chapter 13. And um, verse 34 and verse 35. Hallelujah. Notice it says, Jesus is speaking, talking to his disciples. He said, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this shall all men know 
that you're my disciples if you have love one to another. Hallelujah. So he asks us to walk in love like he did. Amen. Everybody say, I can do that. Yeah, you can. Praise God. I mean, again, if you're born of the Spirit of God, amen. And he wants us to walk just as he walked. And praise God, the reason we can do it is because of and through the new birth. The Bible again says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. And the reason, you ready for this? The reason Christians have so much trouble walking in love is because they let their flesh dominate them. That's all. It's not, it's not rocket science. They let their flesh dominate them, and, and then they don't renew their mind. The Bible talks about being renewed in the spirit of your mind. Start thinking different. God doesn't want you to think like the world. You hang out with the world, you think like the world. You do like the world, and you act like the world. And God says, hey, I want you to take on a new way of thinking. And I want you to renew your mind to my word and begin doing that so that the blessing of God can come on your life. So that I can get my blessing into your life. The blessing of God comes into our life because of being doers of the word. Practicing the Bible. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and just smile at him and say, you know, it's going to be okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You know, the thing is, you got to understand, you guys, if you're born of the Spirit of God, you and I, we're bigger. I said you and I are bigger than the selfishness that wants to control our lives. Are you listening to me? i got to say that again. I said you and I, we're bigger than the selfishness that often wants to control our lives because the greater one is in us. Are you listening to me? Praise God. And so we have, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, hallelujah. Let's look at another verse of Scripture. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. I mentioned to you, you know, especially when it comes to marriage. You know, um, I, I won't expound on this greatly, but, um, you know, God gave Moses uh, Ten Commandments. And did you know that the first four were in regard to man's relationship with God? The first four, you know. And then the last six were about relationships with other people. Did you know that? So it, it doesn't have anything to do with anything other than relationships either toward God or toward man. Now, I don't know why he didn't do five and five. I don't know, you know, but there's four to him and six to Maybe because we spend a lot more time with one another in a physical contact kind of way. And maybe we need a little bit more of that, that direction. Are you listening to me? And so <clears throat> in talking about, you know, uh, marriage and, and different things of that nature, um, it, 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 uh, it has to be a priority, you know? about investing, if you want to call it that. I mean, I know there's couples in our church that have, you know, uh, went to different uh, weekend events, you know, and things like that. What are they doing? Well, they're investing in their marriage, you know, and you need to do that. Uh, dating, you know, is uh, another aspect of it, you know, and taking your spouse or your wife or husband or whatever on a date, spending time with one another, talking about life, you know, doing life together. Amen. 
Sometimes we're so busy, we got our kids and everything of that nature. Some of you are past that. But I'm telling you, you know, you have to protect. And here's the thing you have to understand. Marriage was God's idea. He said, it's not good for a guy to be alone. He needs to help me. So way back in the beginning, he made Eve for the husband, you know, and they were to complement one another. This isn't a, I'm, you know, the big dog and you're just whatever I want you to be. No, that's not what it is at all. You're, you're doing life together. Are you with me? It, don't, it wouldn't hurt you guys if you did a few dishes once in a while. Oh, my God. Did you say what I think I heard you say? It won't kill you. Your hands will not wither and shrink and, and go away. But some guys, I mean, you know, it's, it's, be, it's, a, it's below their dignity. Now, they don't think of it in those terms, but you know what I'm saying? Clean the place up a little bit. Well, that's her work. That's woman's work. Give me a break. Somebody needs to hit you in the head with a brick. Huh? i give you a great example. Here the other night, we had dinner together, and, and we got all, you know, finished up, and, and we usually take our meals at the counter because, you know, the sink is there and everything's there, you know, and we get our stuff out, we eat our meal, and then, man, pow, wow, and it's gone, and it's over, and it's great. Well, we forgot a, a pan that we had outside that we had used. We had cooked something outside, you know, because, um, well, it was a sausage and it smells and we didn't want to smell up the well she didn't want to smell up the house you know I could probably get by with it okay you know it gives it that you know musty uh, uh, manly aroma you know in the house but anyway we forgot well she I should say she forgot so die uh, she went to doing whatever you know she had to do and uh, and was down the other end of the house and I was sitting in the living room I looked out there and I said man we forgot that that deal you know now, I could have said, well, I'll just let her know, and she could clean it up later. Huh? But I didn't, I, that, that thought never occurred to me. I just thought, well, you know what, here at the commercial break, I'll just go out there and grab that sucker, and we'll just clean that up and put it away. So I did. You know, not a big deal. You know, I didn't die. You know, none of that. Well, she came out, and, you know, she's running around like a tornado doing whatever it is that she does, and, she noticed it. She said, well, honey, you know, you, thank you so much. You know, we forgot that, didn't we? I said, yeah, we sure did. Amen. I just put change in my pocket, man. Just then. All right? Some of you, you ain't got no money in your pocket. And there's a reason why. Are you with me? It's not rocket science. Huh? <clears throat> just a... Practical example. You know, the Bible says, by love, what's the next word? Serve. Ser everybody say serve. serve. Serve one another. Lay your life down. Quit being such a whatever we might describe. Everybody say, I can do this. Yeah. No, some, not everybody said that. I said it. Everybody say, I can do this. Yeah, there you go. That's better. <laughs> Did you find Galatians 5? Look what it says here. <clears throat> Verse 13. <clears throat> for brethren, you've been called to liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but rather by love serve one another. For all of the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. 
But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. So this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lusts or desires of the flesh. Let's stop right there for a moment because I want to clarify this idea about walking in the Spirit. Some people, you know, they get all, you know, foggy-eyed and misty-headed and everything like that when it comes to walking in the Spirit. But the reality is, is that it's a very practical application within our lives. And that is to simply do what love would do. That's walking in the Spirit. But to not walk in the Spirit or walk in the flesh is, is to, uh, you know, be mean or ornery or whatever the case might be. So he's just saying walk. And, and the reason, you know, and, and I got to tell you, you know, a lot of times when it comes to walking in the Spirit, there are no feelings that accompany it. Okay? I mean, I didn't have any ooey-gooey thing while I'm, you know, uh, cleaning this roaster or whatever. The, what's that thing called? Electric huh? skillet? You know, whatever, you know, it's like, oh, I'm so in heaven by doing this. No, man, dude, it's dirty. I'm cleaning it. It's, you know, that's it. Now, a lot of folk, they wouldn't think, well, I ain't walking in the Spirit. I mean, ain't nothing spiritual about that. Like I said, Bubba, I got change in my pocket. What do you got? Huh? Not that I'm doing it for that, but are you listening to me? Huh? So it says, walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust or the strong desires of the flesh. Now let's go on reading here, and notice what it says. <clears throat> Verse 17, the, the, the flesh lusts against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh. They're contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But... If you want to be led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh, they're obvious, and they're these. And he goes on and describes all of these things that are. But let's drop down to verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering gentleness, goodness. Uh, King James says faith or faithfulness, meekness, temperance, and against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the, affection, with the affection, affections and lusts. So listen to this, verse 25. If we live in or by the Spirit, then let us also walk in the Spirit. Let's not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another. Woo! Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Let me talk to you about the blame game. The blame game is a very, very treacherous place to go. Now, again, none of us are perfect, and there may be some truth to what it is that we witness, see, experience, or maybe even feel. But you've got to stop blaming everybody for your problems. Because you'll never get where you're going if you don't. Amen? I can blame my wife, you know, about this and that. And if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be this and all that and the other. And it would do n nobody any good. All it would do is demean her. Huh? Are you listening to me? That's what it does. It just demeans the other person. And it's some feeble, unprofitable attempt for you to elevate yourself. Are you with me? 
Hallelujah. You say, well, couldn't you do this in a counseling session or something like that, Pastor? I mean, we came to get edified here. Well, you might be edified for it's over with. I only get you like once a week if, you know, and that's if you're here, you know, and I just, you know, you got to shovel it off right now. No, actually, the real reason that I'm doing this is because the Lord spoke to me about it. I'm not talking to you about walking in love just because I thought it was a good idea. I'm telling you, praise God, it's the winner's way. It's God's way. It's our way. And in these last days, you got to get on. You got to get in with what it is that's going on here, or the devil is going to eat your lunch. There is nothing. There is nothing. There is nothing that is more important in your life than for you to begin practicing this. And sometimes I tell you, you know, when you have to do self-examinations, they aren't fun. But if you want to win, then that's what has to happen. It's not about you. You say, well, haven't you already said that? Yeah, I have. But sometimes you got to tell people more. How many of you ever had to tell your kids more than once? Huh? Yeah. And, and what's so funny about it, it's really not funny, but the thing about it is, is sometimes we think we're so right and we're really wrong. You say, well, okay, so, so what do we do here? I'll tell you what you do. You get away with God by yourself and unpeel your heart before him. You know what I mean by that? In other words, no con, no um, show, no gain, no, no game. Just, God, I need you, and I need your help. I did that before I got saved. I was playing the game. People would walk me down the aisle. You know, they, they, I'd be up there with them. they say, hey, man, you can go down there and you can get saved. You know, I'll even go down there with you, you know. Well, that's all well and good. And, you know, they finally talked me into it. Is that the right way to put it? And we come down and we stand down here, you know, and we pray the prayer and, you know, all those different kinds of things. But you, I got to tell you guys, I walk back up the aisle the same way I came down. And here's the fundamental reason why is because my heart was not open to him and the truth. Now, it did so happen that as I got enough of the Word of God on the inside of me through some Bible studies that people, you know, invited me to come to, that I finally came to a place driving down the road where I was honest with myself. And I said, God, I don't even know if you're out there, but if you are, I want you to come into my heart because, because I need you. I had come to the place of recognizing my need. So when you have marriage situations or whatever it is that we're talking about, it might be relatives, in-laws, outlaws, you know, whatever the case might be. Dude, it is not something you can afford to, to, to participate in or hang on to. Are you listening to me? You, you can't do that. I remember the story told, uh, Brother Hagen, again, my spiritual father talked about a woman uh, he'd come, he was a traveling minister at the time, and he came to their church, and he is preaching, I don't know, probably somewhere along this line. And, uh, uh, <clears throat> and as he was preaching, uh, afterwards they went, and this is a preacher's wife, you know, and they go to the house, and they're having a sandwich, and, and uh, she says, 
She says, Brother Hagin, you've got me confused. And he says, well, no, I ain't got you confused. You're confused before I got here. What's the problem? And he said, uh, she said, uh, well, you know, you were saying, you know, tonight in the service about, you know, uh, uh, love works no ill to his neighbor. And he just happened to say, and that means mother-in-laws too. Well, he said it actually by inspiration of the Spirit of God. And he said it for her. You, you can't believe, I wish there was some way that I could unpack what happens in a service when I'm preaching and how things are coming out and what it is that's being said. Because I'm telling you guys, God is my witness that heaven is trying to talk to you about your life and what it is that's going on. Because I stand amazed. I come away from it going, wow, did you hear that? You can, tell my, you can talk to my wife about it. It's amazing. Why? Because he loves you, man. He wants the best for you. So anyway, back to the woman. He said, uh, uh, you know, we're, uh, love works no ill to his neighbor. And that includes or means, or I should say, includes mother-in-laws. And uh, so she pointed out what it is that he said in the service. He says, well, I, 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 you know, I plead, plead uh, guilty. That's what I said. He said, what's the problem? She says, I hate my mother-in-law. Now, if you've got mother-in-law problems, I don't know if this is for you or not, but it might do you some good. Huh? says, I hate my mother-in-law. And uh, so, <laughs> now she's a believer. She's a child of God. But this mother-in-law, you know, is obviously causing some problems. Uh, sometimes they can do that. It's not just mother-in-law. There's a lot of folk and cause problems. So she says, well, I don't know what to do. What am I going to do? And Brother Hagin says, why don't you treat her like you do love her? Huh? Why don't you treat her like you do love her? You know? Why? Because the Bible says that love believes the best in every person. Isn't that right? Now, did she feel like doing that? I can guarantee you she didn't feel like that. You know, some people, they, they get their nose in your stuff. And they have no business with their nose in your stuff. I tell married couples, you know, I haven't had so many marriages here of late, you know, but years ago when we used to marry people, I thought the best thing that a couple could do is move about four to 600 miles away from their, their parents. Yeah. Let them figure it out on their own. Huh? You don't need to be some helicopter whatever, grandma or whatever. Any of that. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Amen. So anyway, he said, uh, why don't you act like you do, lover? Because you do. And he, he you know, he kind of worked around, you know, to a place where he said, he said, he said, I'll tell you what. He says, he says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to look me right in the eye and tell me that you uh, uh, hate your mother-in-law. And then I want you to listen down on the inside of you. And so she turned right, I mean, she was quick, boom, right at him, goes, I hate my mother-in-law. He says, so what's going on, on down there on the inside? And she says, there's some scratching going on down there. You know, the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? He says, the fact of the matter is, is that you do love your mother-in-law. You just, you know, have let your flesh and things that have been done and said and this and that dominate you. So act like you would. Well, so she, praise God, she, 
She repented, asked God to forgive her, invited her mother-in-law over for dinner, you know, and different things like that. And as it turned out, it was great. And she come back later and told Brother Hagin, she said, you know, you're right. I do love her, praise God, you know, and, and went on down the road. Now, the interesting thing about this story is, is that this couple had a child and it had grown to a certain age, young child, and started having epileptic seizures. And Brother Hagin came back to that church and was preaching. And they called and they said uh, that the child is about to go into one of these episodes because they, they had a, <clears throat> it kind of had, there were some precursors or something like that. And so they, they called him and asked him if he would come over and pray with them. So on the way over there, he's driving, you know, driving there to the place. And he said, it, it seemed to me like it was almost audible. But it, it's like it came out of the back seat, said, don't pray for the child. Don't lay your hands on the child. Don't do anything with the child. And so, <clears throat> you know, he's thinking to himself, well, so what are we going to do here? He said, you tell the mother. Now, I got to get this right, but uh, um, in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, it said, if you walk in my commandments, keep my statutes, he said, I'll take sickness and disease from the midst of you in the number of your days you will fulfill. And so, so, so anyway, he goes over there and he tells this woman, he didn't pray for him or anything like that. He said, you know, under the Old Testament, the Bible said, if you walk in my ways, keep my statutes and commandments, then I'll take sickness and disease from the midst of you in the number of your days uh, you will fulfill. And, and then Brother Hagin went on to instruct her as the Lord had given this to him. He says, you say to Satan, Satan, take your hands off my son. I'm walking in love and I'm walking under the new covenant that's in the New Testament. And he said, as fast as you can snap your fingers, she turned right to that child and said, Satan, take your hands off my child. I'm walking in love. And, as, and, and almost instantly, that child seizure ceased and it stopped. See, a lot of times when we do these things, we open up the door. And I'm not saying, you know, I don't want you to get all spooked out, you know, that, you know, something's going on in your life now, all of a sudden it must be this or that or the other. But I am saying it can happen. People got stuff going on in their lives, you know, because you open the door. And, and as it turned out in this particular situation, that child never did have another seizure. And then I think Brother Hagen went away, maybe came back to the church because he frequented the church. And... Uh, <clears throat> And he asked the gal, he says, well, how's, how, how's your child? He says, haven't had a single problem since that time, you know, when you were there and this and that and the other. She says, now one time he started maybe kind of go into one of these episodes or whatever. And he said, and she said, I just turned to him right, now, right then and said, devil, no, I'm walking in love. You take your hands off my child. And they never had another problem again. I tell you what, the love way is the, uh, uh, it pays. Are you with me? Amen. And, and I don't think sometimes we kind of, the price is way too high to harbor and to hang on to, you know, different things. Think about if she wouldn't have let her mother-in-law loose. And it's not to say, I mean, her mother-in-law could have been about as ornery as they come. Huh? You know, but we, we, we are children of God. We're believers. Are you with me? And some of us have the good fortune to have wonderful mother-in-laws. Thank God for that. Amen? You know, I said amen. <laughs> Come on now. 
Help me, Jesus. And then some of you have challenges, you know. But that don't mean you can't do uh, what you need to do and walk in the winner's way. Amen? You just have a bigger crown, more jewels. You know, you have to have a couple extra people walking alongside you to kind of hold that thing up. Say, oh, yeah, you put up with her. We're going to get you a big, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm running out of time. I don't know about you, but I want to win. How many of you want to win? Well, this is the way it happens. You know, I mean, um, it seems like a a difficult thing, but uh, we just need to follow our hearts, your spirit. You've been born of the Spirit of God. Are you with me? Because if you'll learn to do that, you'll be world overcomers. You already are, really. Amen? Because all these offenses and everything that come our way, they're, enti- they're intended for one purpose and one purpose only, and that's to defeat you. But thank God you don't have to let them do that. Amen? In 40-some years of ministry, I mean, you know, we've had all kinds of stuff to overcome and deal with, you know, because you're relating to people. And people say things, you know, people aren't very mature sometimes, and this and that and the other. Uh, I'll share this story with you. I've shared it before, but uh, when my wife and I were first, I'm closing, but it'll, it'll, it, it, it fits. Um, we were young. Golly, I mean, we were like, this is like in about the first year, maybe a year and a half or two of the church. We were just young pups and didn't know too much. We just loved Jesus and answered a call. That's all. And so um, um, there was a group in our church that were uh, praying for a sick person, and that sick person ended up dying. And, of course, we're preaching the word of faith. We're preaching that healing belongs to you, praise God, and that himself took our infirmity and bare our sicknesses, and by the stripes of Jesus we're healed. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? You know? And so that's what we preach. That's what we believe. Now, you know, if you wanted to, you could abandon that because of the pressure that gets applied because of people, you know, where they don't experience healing or they, you know, have problems here or there or whatever, you know. And I don't even begin to understand everything about why things turn out the way they do, but I know that God's Word is true. And I'm going to hold on to the Word of God. Amen. You know, and I may not understand all the rest of it, but I know that much. Well, anyway, so, so this group was praying for them, and they died. Well, now they want to they talk about it. And, um, and so we were invited to lunch. And, uh, you know, uh, what I didn't realize is we were the lunch. I thought we're, we did have roast beef, but we were the lunch. And they began to interrogate us. And I'll tell you why it was. is because a lot of times when things don't turn out the way people want it, it, more than anything else, it's their pride that gets hurt. And that's all this was. By golly, we did this and we did that and you said this and you said that and it didn't work out and they died and we want to know why. Well, you know, I don't know why. I can tell you right now, one of the reasons why is because the person that they were praying for wasn't believing anything. They weren't, they weren't looking to the Lord for anything. Now, sometimes your faith, you know, can help somebody else to get whatever it is that they need. But the reality is, is that the, that the person who passed, they weren't believing God for nothing. Are you listening to me? And so um, they, kept, uh, they kept at it, you know, and uh, it got pretty uncomfortable. And I, and I think, I don't remember correctly, maybe there was about four couples and then there was Joan and I. 
And uh, they kept at it. And it's a funny thing, you know, because, you know, in that scripture, it talks about don't be concerned about what you'll say. Because when, when you get there, you know, I'll fill your mouth or I don't know what it was. Dude, all of a sudden, the Spirit of God on the inside of me came up out of me, and I'm thinking to myself, hallelujah. And I'm sure at that point she was going, get him! You know? Now, it wasn't quite like that. But all of a sudden, man, I, it just came on. It started coming up out of, out of the inside of me. And I said, I'll tell you, each and every one of you, I don't know why all of this happened the way that it did and what went down, but I can tell you this much. God is still God. Healing belongs to us. And, you know, and I went on, I mean, I can't even, I can't even regurgitate what it is that I said, but I went on for a long time, dude. And all of a sudden, everybody was sitting back in their seats where they belonged. And I didn't really have anything to do with it because he did it. And I was never so happy. Hallelujah. To be able to stand my ground and just say, praise God. I don't understand it, but I'm telling you, healing belongs. Now, the reason I share that story with you is, is that if, if, if I didn't know the Holy Ghost and I didn't know the Spirit of God on the inside of me, it would have been real easy for me to get offended. For us to get offended. We didn't ask for that. I mean, we're just minding our own business. We're trying to do what it is that we know to do. And we know these truths to be self-evident in the Scriptures. And we're going to communicate and share those things. Are you with me? But sometimes, you know, people grow teeth. And they'll come after you. And then you've got to decide, you're going to keep going or are you just going to give it all up and say, you know what, I didn't need this. I, I don't need this. I didn't sign up for this, you know, or whatever, you know, people say. But I'll tell you what, it'll be the last day that, uh, of my breath and life on this earth before I ever deny Jesus and not do what it is that he asked me to do. Because people are just people. And sometimes they don't know what they're talking about. Are you listening to me? Listen to the television. These people, they don't even know. They are so lost and out of their minds. Are you with me? And that's why you can't, you can't take what it is that's being said or whatever personally. You, we need to pray for them. Because I'll tell you, my, my Lord Jesus, they need our prayers. Because they are on the precipice of absolute destruction. Are you with me? So you say, well, what happened in that deal? Oh, those people eventually left the church. You know. I've learned a long time ago that there ain't no way on God's green earth you're going to keep everybody. Huh? Are you kidding me? That'd drive you nuts. Right there. People are going to get on the bus. People are going to get off the bus. What I'm going to do is I'm going to drive the bus. You know, T.D. Jakes came up with that example. You know, he said, your job is to drive the bus. That's what I do. That's what we do. We drive the bus. I share a message like this with you because I love you, not because it's popular, not because I think you'll like me better when it's over with. You may not. You may be madder and, you know, whatever. I don't know. That's not it. Are you with me? But T.D. Jakes was talking about, you know, when it comes to pastoral ministry, my responsibility is to feed and lead the flock, drive the bus. But what ends up happening a lot of times, instead of driving the bus, keeping our eyes out there where it is that we're going, we look at the mirror, you know, that big mirror that they have back there, and we're watching all these people. And people are getting on, people are getting off. And sometimes a whole pile of them get off. And, you know, and then you're going, oh my God, I must not be driving the bus right. You know, you go through all these things. 
Keep driving the bus. That's what we've been doing. It'll be 44 years at the end of this year. That's a long time. Huh? You know, the average, uh, statistically speaking, you take 10 preachers, stand them up there when they're 22 years old. By the time that they're 65 years old, there'll be one left. Just one. Huh? Think about it. Ten guys. And I've seen it. You know, over, over, I mean, all kinds of, you know, why am I talking about all this? But, you know, all kinds of pitfalls and trappings and different things. But I tell you what, my wife and I are going to go on and we're going to preach the gospel either until he comes, praise God, or we get done breathing. Are you listening to me? And I'm not going to let anybody or anything or the devil and offenses keep us from doing that. Are you with me? Yeah. I mean, you know, there are a lot of, I mean, I could tell you stories all afternoon, you know, about folk that are just meaner than, well, yeah. You know, some of the stuff that they say, bless their darling hearts. Huh? And like Brother Hagin said, stupid heads. Yeah. You ever had anybody think that they know how to do it better than you? Sure enough. Well, you get older and thick-skinned enough, you just don't care. Yeah, because you know better. But man, when we were young, I mean, we were 20... Two and three. I'm telling you what, it was, it was a huge challenge for us, you guys. I mean, it just about ate our lunch. Really did. And, uh, uh, but we made her. Hot dog. And here we are. Glory to God. Aren't you glad for that? Well, let's say it together. It pays, it pays. to walk in love. Walk in love. It, pays it pays to turn the other cheek. The other cheek. It, pays it pays to do what love would do. To say what love would say. To walk in the light. As he's in the light. And enjoy the blessing. That comes from heaven. Let's stand together shall we? Praise God. Thank you Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well. Had a few other things that I wish I could have been able to say to you. But I guess we said what we could. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads for a moment, shall we? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, as we stand before you today, we're just so grateful for your blessing. Thank you so much, Father, for these people that you've given us the privilege to pastor. Grateful for every one of them, even those that aren't even here today, Father, because of other plans and things that are going on in their lives. But God, we're just so grateful for this privilege to be engaged and involved in pastoral ministry. And God, I thank you that you have given us what it is we need, Father, the tools that every person needs through the new birth to be able to walk in victory and walk in the winner's way. And so, Lord, I pray for those that are here within the sound of my voice and perhaps even those that may be watching online, Father, I I bring each and every one of them before you. And I even include myself. And I ask you, Father, to help us to walk in love, to do what love would do. Because, Father God, that's the way to win in life. And I pray, Father, that if there are those that are here this morning and, well, they just haven't been doing it, and they know it, God, I'm asking you to speak to their hearts. And help them to understand, praise God, that the plan you have for them doesn't include 
all of the hell and all of the ill will and all of the things that are going on within their lives. God, I ask you to help them to come to a place, find a place of repentance. And Father God, that they'll release whatever it is that they may be harboring in their hearts that's keeping them from your best within their lives. While your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, please. No one looking around. I want to give you an opportunity. This isn't for me. This is for you. But if you would say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, would you pray for me? Because I know I have something I need to care for, and I want you to, I want you to pray for me. Pray with me. All right. Thank you, ma'am. You can put your hand down. Thank you, ma'am. You can put your hand down. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Hands everywhere. Yes. While heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else? Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says that today is the day of, well, it says salvation, but it, it means deliverance. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I don't want you to be like me that walked down the aisle because somebody pulled me down there, but I do want to give you an opportunity at least to finally consent and yield to the plan and purpose that God has for your life. Is there anyone else that will join these before we pray? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. While your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, please. No one's looking around. You may be a person here, you've never asked Christ to come into your heart or be the Lord of your life. That's where it all begins. You can't, you can't do the love walk unless you know Him. And so, uh, pre-adventure, if there perhaps is someone here, you, you've never asked Him to come into your heart, be the Lord of your life, but you would say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, would you pray for me? I have an interest in your prayers. Can I see your hand anywhere? Anyone at all before we pray? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, let me lead you in a prayer. Those of you that raised your hand, I just want you to let your hearts agree with this prayer. Say this with me, dear Heavenly Father. I come today to ask for you to forgive me. I realize that I haven't done what you would ask me to do. But today, I decide to do your will. And I thank you for your grace in my life. And I pray that this situation that I'm in, that you will work in it to bring healing, to bring resolve, and to bring grace in all of our lives. And I thank you, Lord, for your love that is in me. I make the decision to let that love dominate my life from here forward. In Jesus' name. And everybody said...